And now, prepare your ear holes for penetration as we bring you another great podcast from the Poop Culture Extended Universe. Warning, the following program features content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Bocephus Broadcast. Greetings, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 36 of the Bocephus Broadcast. Glad to be back in the basement with you for another week of shenanigans across the World Wide Web. It's going to be super boring for some of you this week because I don't have a guest lined up. I just wanted to kind of chew the fat with those of you that listen loyally. And I had a cold shower this morning, and I'm currently sipping on some great value donut shop. So I'm all kinds of ready to go. It is uh, currently Sunday, September 24th. It is 8.05 a.m., but as you're listening, none of that is relevant as always. Damn, that coffee's hot. Tell you that much. Also, anyway, I thought I'd just kind of give you a a, a general life update and share some, uh, you know, news from across the web and whatnot. Did you know that yesterday the world was supposed to end? Saturday, September 23rd, the world was supposed to end for like the uh, umpteenth time. And yet here we sit on uh, Sunday, September 24th at 8.06 a.m. A Christian numerologist claiming a verse in the Bible proves the world will end on September 23rd. Uh, in Luke's passage 21, 25 to 26, there's a quote in which uh, I, I, it apparently mentions or matches the date of the great American solar eclipse. When Hurricane Harvey hit, when uh, Texas was flooded. And it reads, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what uh, is coming to the world, and for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Something to that effect. September 23rd obviously came and went. NASA has even dismissed the claims, insisting that uh, this whole thing is, is a hoax. But coincidentally... Or maybe not. Yesterday was also National Batman Day. Uh-huh. A very important day for me as a huge fan. Matter of fact, I spent pretty much all weekend watching season three of Gotham so I could be caught up. And uh, I got completely caught up. Watched the first episode of season four last night before I called it a night. That was around like 1230. So as you can tell, I'm very tired this morning. So thank goodness for this large tumbler of brew. But going back to that, yesterday, National Batman Day, also the day that the world was supposed to end. Which begs the question, is Batman actually real? Could it be that the Cape Crusader is actually out there, and he is more of an urban legend than he is a comic book character, and he actually, without uh, any fanfare or recognition, saved the world yesterday? You think it's possible? Do you think Justice League coming out in a couple of months is actually a biographical film. Maybe it's a documentary. I don't know. People put these uh, two pieces of the pie together and put some ice cream on them and devoured them at the same time. I, I don't know. It's a theory. And I've had a lot of theories lately and most of them come while I'm in the bathroom, which I know that's kind of personal and maybe some of you don't want to hear that, but that's just the truth. All good ideas usually come to you while you're driving or in the bathroom. Wherever you are most inconveniently located is where your best ideas come from, as far as I have uh, have found in my 28 years of existence. So, I don't know. Is Batman real? Did he save the world from ending last night? Or yesterday? I'm going to go ahead and be the outlier here. I'm going to be the odd man out. I'm going to say that he did. I'm going to say Batman is real and he saved the planet yesterday. 
some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. What a time to be alive, isn't it, folks? We should be very thankful for Bruce Wayne and all his uh, technology and whatnot that helped us save the Earth yesterday. You can save the Earth, too, by recycling. Be a planeteer. Recycle. We do. The power is yours. Anyway, like I said yesterday, all I did was watch Gotham all day, and uh, it's been nice to have a, a, like, I had a day where I had nothing to do. Absolutely nothing. No plans, no anything. I watched Gotham all day. And we did go, uh, we went mini golfing last night, and the loser bought Mexican for dinner, which was great. I had a nice chicken fajita salad, just the right amount of food. So I have to say thank you to Emily for uh, losing mini golf last night. She she lost by two, and I don't know how, because I played the shittiest game of mini golf that I have played in my entire life. We're talking I had six on a par three at one point. No, it was a par two. I had six on a par two at one point. That's how embarrassing my game was last night. I don't know what, I, maybe it was the nap that I had taken right beforehand. I just wasn't, you know, properly prepared to dominate as I normally do on the greens, but, uh, Ooh, really pulled that one out from behind. That's what she said. So anyway, no work this weekend, but uh, I've been kind of whoring myself out on the internet, and I don't mean in like a webcam girl type way, but there's a website called Fiverr.com, which actually was kind of the foundation of this show. All the, you know, fancy voiceover work and stuff that you hear on here, that came via Fiverr. I've got an account on there, and I try to do some work here and there, and I kind of up the ante this week and applied for a lot of projects and things like that. And I got some new voiceover work coming in, which is very exciting for me because there are some people that have been so successful with Fiverr that they've, they've quit their day jobs and that's what they do. They've built such, you know, they built a client base to where they now work from home and that's all they do. They just do voiceover and production from their homes because they've created such great working relationships with a variety of different businesses and individuals on Fiverr and things like that. So I, you know, I think ultimately, yeah, that's, that's like living the dream for me, working from home, petting the dog 24 hours a day, and then just, you know, doing wacky voices for companies across the nation or across the world. Even that would be even better. But I did my first read for a webinar on Friday and that was interesting. It's going to be like 30 to 40 minutes of me pretending like I'm actually on a conference call with a bunch of strangers. So it's it's unique. I mean, there's no real there's acting involved, but there's also not acting involved. So essentially, I'm talking to a bunch of strangers that aren't even present, you know, when I'm recording this. So it's, it's kind of weird. But uh, webinars, how about those being of my existence? Regardless, it's all very cool. Um, so, you know, if you, if you need uh, voiceover work done or production work, stuff like that, don't go to Fiverr. Come directly to me. I'm not going to promote Fiverr. They got to, I mean, I kind of did, but uh, they got to pay. They got to pay if they want to be promoted on this top-notch program that's heard across the world by at least 10 people. So in addition to other freelance work, uh, last week with Corey Samuels, we talked about uh, Man Country Music Trivia Night, which took place a week ago today. That went down. We had about 53 people all in all, I think, which was way more than we initially expected. Had some tech difficulties on my end. I'm not entirely sure why, but we we soldiered through them. Um, I think everybody had a good time. We were in and out of there in two hours, which is nice. We didn't do all that additional, you know, BSing in between songs and getting, you know, getting people to stand up and dance and, you know, chug alcohol as a contest, which was kind of my gripe with the other trivia thing that goes on around here and not naming names or anything. 
but it was, you know, the occasional banter between Corey and myself and myself and the audience and things like that. And uh, I think it went really well. And the best part about it all, and this is this is why it means so much to me, is because we Man Country has now raised enough money that we are going to be offering a $500 scholarship to an incoming student at Southeastern Community College in Keokuk, Iowa. 500 bucks goes to somebody. We're, we're going to announce the details later. Um, but this was the big top secret project that we've been working on uh, all summer. So we're, we're going to name it after our friend Rusty McKnight, who is the eldest member of Man Country. Rusty has survived, I think, four heart attacks. Four heart attacks. He is a, a walking miracle. I think if I had one heart attack, I wouldn't be sitting here. That that would be, that'd be itso for old Bo Cephas. The old one and done. But Rusty has survived four. And he is the uh, the definition of strength and perseverance, for sure, because uh, the guy has dropped an incredible amount of weight as a result. Of, you know, I think largely because of the um, instruction from his doctor, but I think also because he wants to. I think Rusty wants to genuinely feel better. So we couldn't think of a more appropriate person to name this scholarship after than Rusty McKnight. So the Man Country Rusty McKnight Scholarship has been born, a $500 scholarship going to be going to... An area student that will be enrolling at Southeastern Community College uh, probably in the spring. So more on that as it develops. But that, to me, was uh, kind of the ultimate thing of the whole experience. That was uh, that was worth it all right there. And the cool thing is the success of Man Country Music Trivia has led to another opportunity. Mark Twain Brewery in Hannibal, Missouri reached out to me and they said, Would you like to host a trivia night at the brewery? Initially, I said, you know what, I that sounds very fun, but I have a crazy busy schedule. I don't think I'll be able to pull it off. And I gave some you know, suggestions of other people who might uh, be able to do this. But to be honest, I was terrified because I've never done a trivia night. Never, you know, I've never done a music trivia. I've been to trivia nights, never actually conducted a trivia night, whether it's music or, you know, trivia in general. So I felt really good after Sunday and I reached back out to the brewery and I said, you know, if, you, if you're still looking for somebody to do this, I would definitely like to give it a shot. So we're going to give it a shot. Pop culture trivia, music, movies, television, sports, kind of everything in between. Um, it's not just going to be music trivia. It's going to be a little something for everybody. So this is going down for those of you listening in the, uh, the immediate area. Mark Twain Brewery in Hannibal, October 24th at 7 p.m going to be kind of the same premise uh or length i guess as man country music trivia five rounds of 10 questions each the goal is to be in and out in in at least a couple of hours two and a half max i would hope but i think i've got emily on board to uh, be my my tally keeper she's going to make sure that uh, everybody's up to date on scoring and has the correct answers at the end of each round and all that stuff so it might be a little challenging for a two-person operation, but we're going to give it a whirl. And I think hopefully this will lead to some more opportunities because if I can pick up, a you know, a hundred extra bucks during a weeknight doing music, tri- just hosting a music trivia, which is like being in front of this microphone, but with people, you know, I'm looking at people instead and they're not really paying attention to me because they're trying to think about answers and stuff like that. Sign me up for that. That seems like a no brainer. You know, go make a little extra money during the weeknights for a couple hours work. That's not even really work. I mean, there's some, you know, there's some kind of work that goes into it. You got to round up the questions and check the facts, make sure you're not going to piss off somebody that actually knows the correct answer to something like that. But yeah, why wouldn't I? You know, that it it makes sense. I know I kind of run myself ragged otherwise, but this seems kind of like a no brainer. Pick up a couple, couple extra bucks during the weeknight. So Mark Twain Brewery, Hannibal, Missouri, October 24th at 7 p.m. 
if you're listening in the immediate area and you got nothing to do that night, come on out. I don't think there's a buy-in for this. Um, you just pretty much show up with your team. There's going to be prizes awarded as well. So why not? Spend a couple early hours of your weeknight uh, doing some some trivia at the brewery. All right? Speaking of brew, uh, last week I recorded episode 35 in between setting up and playing at the Fishing for Freedom event in Little Tiny Meyer, Illinois. I got sunburned that day, but that's beside the point. The brew aspect. So we played from 8 to 11 that night. And we had to dodge a couple rain showers here and there, but we had to dodge a couple of beer showers too. We're playing on stage, and I happened to be looking off to my left, and I noticed a beer can fly at the stage and almost hit our other guitar player, Eric. But I think one of the speakers kind of deflected it, so it didn't hit it. And I don't think he even saw it. I don't think he even knew it. So kind of let that one fly. Because this can come with the territory in certain instances. You get a couple of people that are a little too rowdy. I don't know why the hell you would throw beer at the stage. I don't know if that's a sign that you don't like the music or if that's your way of showing uh, appreciation or respect for what's going on up there. I don't know, but it's, it's stupid either way. So the first one flies, as does the act itself amongst the band members, because I think I might have been the only one who saw it. So it gets towards the end of the set. We're probably, we probably got one or two two or maybe three songs left to play for the entire night and here comes a Coors Light Cannon or no it was a Coors Banquet you know that migraine yellowish looking can I think that's what color it is I don't know comes flying toward the stage middle of the song hits our drummers brand new drums we're talking two thousand dollars worth of drums that are Steve's pride and joy hits the kick drum Sprays everywhere. Luckily, doesn't punch a hole in the kick drum head or anything like that. So this is now the second time that somebody has thrown a full beer projectile at the stage. And it just so happened to hit the one man's equipment that you probably do not want to hit. We are talking the Tasmanian Devil. Comparable in size. And yes, he does have a Tasmanian Devil stuffed animal that he sets on his drum set. Steve Hufford. That is one man that you don't want to fuck with. Especially a man whose entire life centers around drums. The guy teaches drum lessons. He plays in multiple bands. And he's a hell of a drummer. But he is not a guy that you would want to piss off. Steve is probably an entire foot and a half shorter than I am. And I'm terrified that he would beat my ass. I'm terrified that a lot of people would beat my ass because I have no experience in fighting. But uh, Steve, for sure. Steve would probably rip my head off with, with his pinky. So I don't know who this, you know, despicable asshole is that decided to rocket launch his Coors Banquet on the stage twice, not once, but twice. There were staircases on either side of the stage and off to my side, I noticed two guys come walk up on the, uh, the staircases and I didn't look at them because at, th- at that point I was just pissed off. I was, I was ready to be done. But our sound guy, Rolo, comes over the, uh, we have these, what we call a talkback mic, which is where we can hear him through uh through our headphones and he said uh hey this guy wants to come up and apologize for throwing his beers and i thought oh boy that's probably just he should probably just leave that's not a good idea so i don't know if it was the guy that threw the beers or somebody that maybe was representing that guy that wanted to come up on the stage and apologize to us for his friend throwing the beers or what but but my point is don't you handle your booze don't be an asshole 
That is one way to ruin my night. That is one way to ruin any great mood, especially in a, if a band is, you know, clicking along, they're having a great night, they're playing really well, they're they're digging what each other's doing, and then you got to come and throw your damn beer on the stage. Not that is That ruins the entire vibe for everybody. And I would doubt this guy is listening to this podcast because he probably doesn't have internet access and he's probably still using a brick phone. But if you are listening, fuck you. No tolerance for that kind of thing. But for those of you that are listening, if you're going to go to a concert and you're going to drink, which is fine, that's a lot of people's escape from reality. Just handle your booze and be respectful of the people that are up there playing for you. All right. They're there for you. I mean, they're there to collect a paycheck, too, but. Most of these people get off on, you know, playing a good show for a responsive crowd. And responsive doesn't mean you show your appreciation by throwing two Coors banquets at, you know, thousands of dollars worth of expensive equipment that a lot of people have busted their ass to pay for. It's common courtesy, folks. Have a little of it, all right? Anyway, moving on. I probably I probably would have, you know, uh, been a little angrier had I been drunk. But here's the deal. I haven't had a, a drop of booze in eh, almost two months now because it's all part of the 29 by 29 initiative, which if you haven't been listening and if you haven't, it's fine. The 29 by 29 initiative is my goal to drop 29 pounds by the time I have turned 29. And I am very, very, very pleased to announce that as of this morning... That goal has been surpassed. Thank you, kids. Thank you. Very exciting. No, I got on the scale this morning. It was 235, which means that I've hit 30 pounds, which is a pound over the initial goal weight. And the initial goal was set to be met by October 20th. So I have done it with plenty of time to spare. And I, here's the thing. I know that I know that that 235 is going to fluctuate. I know it's going to go, you know, up or down here and there over the next week or so. That's fine. But I initially, I've hit it. I've initially hit it. So I know that it's feasible and I know that it will be done for sure. I will be below that weight and and hopefully maintaining below that weight uh, by the time the 29th birthday rolls around on October 20th. So it's, it has, it has been done. It's a day for celebration. And by that, I mean, I'm going to keep doing the diet thing. I'm not going to. I'm not going to crack open a beer or anything. Man, heaven help me when I do crack open that initial beer because it's not going to take anything for me to just get buck wild. I've been a cheap date since I was 21. But now, having not, you know, had a, a beer or a drop of booze for, you know, close to two months now, boy, I wonder how many it's going to take for me to get tipsy. You think like two? You think three? I don't, I don't know. It could be one and a half for all I know. This is a scary thought. So we'll see what happens. Either way, 29 by 29 initiative. That's me stamping the uh, the certificate right there that it's initially been met. I'm not done, though. I'd like to get back down to around 200 pounds. Like I said, a few years ago, before I met Emily and she started pumping me full of delicious foods on the daily. At one point, I was down to 205 pounds, which was probably the lightest I had been since high school. And I don't even know if I was that light in high school, to be honest with you. But I had worked really hard uh, because when I started working at the radio station, I was living in uh, I was living in Canton, Missouri. We didn't have much in the way of like fast food or things like that. I think the fastest food we had was probably Casey's, where I would go get a you know chicken salad sandwich and some chips or whatever for dinner because I was living the bachelor life. I was on the road a lot, working in uh, all all across northern Illinois. 
So I start working at the radio station and I'm in Quincy every day, which is home to like 8 million fast food shops. And I'm pretty sure for most days I would take my lunch break and eat at Burger King. So, I mean, I was hefty before I started working at the radio station when I discovered that I could eat Burger King every day very easily at my disposal. Uh, that weight just came creeping on even more so. I don't know how heavy I got, but I was up there for sure. So I worked my ass off for six months, dropped 60 pounds. I was down to uh, 205, probably a little bit lower than that before you know I stopped keeping track of everything. And when I started this, when I started the 29 by 29 initiative, I was at least 265 pounds. And I know that I was heavier than that at one point, like, you know, a few weeks prior to that. So in reality, I've lost more than 29, 30 pounds. Now, the goal is going to be to keep it off because I feel great. Uh, you know, before I was really like lethargic. I was just, you know, self-esteem was pretty down. Just just I felt like garbage and my clothes felt like garbage, too, because they didn't fit correctly. And I really didn't want to have to go buy clothing that was going to be up in size. You know, I would rather buy clothing that's going to be smaller in size. So I think I'm well on the way. So very excited about that. Super stoked. So we'll see what the actual amount lost will be by the time October 20th rolls around for my 29th birthday. That, that'll, be, that'll be present enough. You know, if I can get down... If I could get down below like 225, even 220, that would be a pretty good birthday present. I mean, I'm going to go watch wrestling in St. Louis on my birthday, which is a great present in itself. But going there all svelte would be cool. I mentioned watching Gotham all weekend, if you, if you didn't hear that. I watched that this weekend. We've also been watching Ozark, which is the Netflix original series starring Jason Bateman, who was fantastic. In the series, I think we're there's I, I believe there's 10 episodes in the initial first season that are available on Netflix right now. We're over halfway done with it. I think we're on like episode eight, maybe something like that. But it's essentially Breaking Bad set in the Ozarks and it's heroin instead of meth, I think. Very enjoyable program. And, it you know, it, it got me thinking like, you know, because they always offer these people that are on the run from drug lords and things like that. They're like, we can put you in witness protection. I don't know that much about witness protection, but it's always fascinated me. So I've, you know, all these bathroom ideas that I've been having, I've been thinking about witness protection a lot. Not that I need to be in it. I mean, I've seen some strange things in my day, but nothing to necessitate me fearing for the life of uh, myself or, you know, close family, things like that. So you got me thinking, like, what would you what would you do if you were going to be put in witness protection? Like, do you have say of what your new name is? Do you get to choose where you want to be located, what you want your job to be, uh, how much money you want to make at that job? Is this just a clean slate? Is this like you're you're developing a new Sims character that you get to consume the identity of? I mean, realistically, you are whether you know it or not. You you become an actor in witness protection. Did you ever think about that? You become an actor. You cons- you assume the role of a brand new person. And you got to convince everybody that it's real. But don't break the fourth wall or Joey Fingers is going to come and off you. He's going to whack you. But I don't know. I got to thinking about that. Like, you know, what what would my name be? What job would I want? Where would I want to live? Do I get to even choose any of this stuff? It's got to be very interesting. And I, you know, I would love what I would absolutely love is to talk to somebody that's in witness protection or was in witness protection before they were able to be, you know, taken out of it and go back to living life they, you know, previously lived. 
The problem is, I don't really know how to do that. How do you go about finding somebody that that exists, but also doesn't exist and probably doesn't want to talk about their pseudo existence? You know what I mean? I don't know, but it's all it's all very fascinating witness protection. So next week, my goal is to uh, have another Bo Cephas Buddies episode where you'll meet my hetero life mate, Daniel Roth, who lived with me for a couple of years. He's a fraternity brother of mine, also a Libra, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. He's the human encyclopedia of Disney Channel original movies as well. So I want to try to get Daniel on the show for a Bo Cephas Buddies episode next week. And I want to talk about this kind of stuff with him because I think he would offer some very uh, keen insight on these issues. Daniel's a male nurse, so he probably sees some shady stuff going in and out of the uh, hospital hallways as well. And we're going to talk about another bathroom conspiracy that I came up with. Cell phone conspiracies. I have a Samsung Galaxy S6 and yesterday I had to go buy a new phone charger for it. Because my phone charger just kind of blew craps. I mean, I've had it since I've had the phone, so that's, you know, how old it is. Whenever the Galaxy S6 came out, the charger was new with it, so it was old. It was time, so I went and bought one of those cheapo $8, you know, uh, Walmart wall chargers for it. Seems to be working so far anyway, but I got to thinking, you know, when when the phone didn't charge overnight and I woke up with 8% battery and had shit to do all day. And by the way, the phone is kind of blowing craps, too. So this is kind of what made me start thinking about this. What if, you know, you get phone updates, you get software upgrades that you have to download to keep the phone in what quote unquote working order. You know, it's got to be up to snuff and whatnot. What if included in these updates were software patches that actually made the phone perform at a lesser rate? Like you think you're getting an upgrade, but it's actually it's actually equal parts upgrade and downgrade. Like what if they put something in there that actually slowed your phone down, made certain functions work at a lesser quality or a lesser rate, things like that. So that when they when they down when you download these updates, you are then persuaded to upgrade your phone because they they would take, you know, they say uh let's say you download the upgrade and all of a sudden your Facebook apps, you, you, you know, your Facebook app or certain apps or just your apps in general start working shittier. And then the new upgrade promises like faster apps, better working apps. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, my apps really do kind of suck on this phone now. That's kind of strange. Maybe I should think about upgrading. You see where I'm going this year? I mean, I'm not crazy. I mean, obviously this is a, this is a, uh, crapper conspiracy in every sense of the word but what if what if that was the case what if you're downloading updates that actually make your phone perform worse so the companies like samsung and apple and lg so you'll buy the latest incarnation of their phones and keep the cell phone business thriving you keep them in business you keep the industry stable or booming depending on which you you know depending on which way you want to look at it if you can't tell, I've had a lot of downtime this weekend, and I'm not used to that. So when I have a lot of downtime, I and I'm you know I have some time to drive too. Boy, it's all downhill. It's all she wrote. I think too much. So I don't know. Like I said, my goal next week is to have Daniel Roth come on for uh, episode 37, another Bocephus Buddies adventure, and we're going to talk about some of these crazy conspiracies. The witness protection thing, the cell phone conspiracy. Is Bill Gates an alien that was sent to Earth to give us the internet and learn more about our culture to take back to his home planet? Who knows? But if you've got conspiracy theories or things that uh, you've thought about that don't seem to be getting much attention elsewhere, especially on the World Wide Web, drop us a line. We'll discuss it next week. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Broadcast. You can uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bo Beecraft. 
Or you can use the old email. Drop us a line at bocephusbroadcast at gmail.com. Your conspiracy theories or interesting things that you've thought about that nobody else seems to be thinking about. Drop them here, and Daniel and I will talk about those next week on episode 37. Another Bocephus Buddies adventure. I'm looking forward to it. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Other than that, like I said, this is going to be a boring episode. This is just me uh, kind of spitballing here on a, on a Sunday morning with a tumbler full of coffee. So that being said, if you like what you hear this week, you'll probably like what you hear any other week because I've actually got people on here that uh, are, are chewing the fat with me and offering some uh, counterpoints to what I'm you know, babbling on about. So if you like what you hear at any point, don't forget, leave some reviews wherever you're listening, whether it's iTunes, iHeart, YouTube, Spreaker, anywhere. Take a few seconds, leave a review. Don't forget to check out the other great programming available as part of the Poop Culture Extended Universe. Proud to be part of the network, the PCEU. You can learn more about it and get all the shows wherever you get your podcast as well as poopculture.com. But uh, anyway, I think we're just going to go ahead and wrap up episode 36 of the Bo Cephas broadcast. Like I said, it was going to be a boring one. It's just me rambling for about half an hour, but uh, hopefully you stuck with it. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And next week, we'll be back with the human Disney Channel original movie encyclopedia to talk conspiracy theories. It's Daniel Roth, or at least I hope so. I'm going to do my best to wrangle him in on episode 37 of the Bo Cephas broadcast. We'll catch you then. You've been listening to the Bo Cephas broadcast. What you just heard was a podcast in the Poop Culture Extended Universe. For more great podcasts, make your way to www.poopculture.com.